Good morning. Welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. It's Saturday morning, and on these days when we get into the Word of God, talk about, and on Saturdays, I like to talk about something recent. So I'd like to share with you this morning a recent preaching experience I had at the University of Florida. It's not uncommon for people to blame God for their problems. In fact, I often ask the question, who's the most judged person on campus? Think about it. People don't like being judged. I'm often, you know, the LGBT people in particular, they claim to be judged. A lot of people say that they left their church because they were judged. They felt they didn't like people judging them. Nobody likes being judged. We'll admit that. But I want to ask, who's the most judged person on campus? And I'll even add off campus, or dare I say, in the world. And I, I claim the most judged person is God. God gets blamed for everything that goes wrong, and he rarely gets the credit when things go right. I mean, did, did God get the credit this morning for food being grown in the, in the, coming up from the ground, for the sun shining, for the rain coming? Does God get the credit for the, 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 just the breath we breathe, the life we live, the fact our heart's working today, our brain's working, the fact we're alive? Lots of people don't give God credit but they're quick to give him the blame. And anything that goes wrong, he gets blamed for it. And we even have terms that, that, uh, that of, of, against, uh, of, of cursing God for things that don't go right in our lives. But sometimes people even take it to another level. And that is they blame God for their sin. That's right. Down to the University of Florida this last, uh, a week ago when I was down there, there's one, one particular girl just adamantly accusing God for her own sinfulness. And the idea is taking victimhood to a new level. Indeed, in our world today, there's many, many people who want to say they are a victim of others. This is the emphasis. Rather than taking responsibility for my own life or my own reactions to how I was treated, I mean, everybody's been mistreated in life. Everybody's had someone do them wrong. And it's our responsibility to respond properly when we are, rather than to rather than if we do the wrong thing, the wrong reaction, to always be saying, it's your fault, I'm just a victim. And obviously, sometimes, you know, someone mistreats us, we lose our anger a little bit, and then we quickly regain control. And some people live their entire lives blaming someone else. Some people live every minute, everything about me. Everything that's wrong with me, it's someone else's fault. It's uh, someone mistreated. It's my parents' fault. It's my church's fault. It's the bully's fault. It's, it's the kids in the neighborhood's fault. And they never get over it to take responsibility for their reaction and rise above it and prevail. As we often talk about on this channel, in this Daily Word and Prayer, Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, which is the ultimate reaction, the ultimate proper action when we've been mistreated, I'm not going to be overcome by evil. I'm not going to let how someone treated me or what's going on around me determine how I will be behave and how I will think and how I will feel, but I will overcome evil with good. I'm not a victim, but rather by the grace of God, the strength of God, and the spirit of God, I will rise above my circumstances. So how do you respond to this I, you know, this, I, this accusation against God that I hear 
periodically that God's the one responsible for my sin. After all, even though this girl didn't even believe in God, after all, she knew enough to realize that sin entered the world through Adam, and the part of that was that that uh, that there was this that we were all had a sin nature as a result, or she thought we were guilty because of it. She thought that it was inevitable that we must sin because of Adam, and therefore God created me this way, that God made me a sinner. And indeed, this gets into some theology here that you've got to thread the needle quite clearly, quite carefully, because that's not a totally wrong accusation sometimes to how I hear theology being taught. And there's some things in the scripture here, to be honest, that are not, in my opinion, not 100% clear about, uh, about the effect of the original sin upon us. Different schools of theology may come up with some different nuances on what that is. But is God to blame? Well, I'd like to make maybe a few comments about how I responded to them. Number one, sin is always our choice. That's important. Sin is always our choice. Were we born as a result of being the descendants of Adam with a tendency to sin, a sin nature, certainly the capacity and even the temptation and even something within us that is drawn to and attracted to sin? Yes, I believe that is the effect of Adam's sin upon us, of Adam, of our original father. We have a sinful nature. There is a tendency in human beings to sin. We don't have to be taught to sin. And, and even from an early age, we are naturally selfish. And yet still, we're held responsible for the choices we make, which implies that sin is a choice, that you and I must take responsibility for our sin. And keep in mind that even though, yes, we have a sin nature, we also have a conscience, and we also have the law of God given to us about how we are to respond. I share with some people, it's like you buy a car, say you buy a Ford car, and right in the driver's right in the driver's manual there is instructions right at the beginning, operate the, do not operate this car while you're drunk. Many, you know, you don't have, if you've been drinking, don't drive, and it's right there in the instructions, and you disregard the manual, you get drunk, and you get behind the wheel, and you have an accident, and now you want to blame Ford for your accident. You want to blame the car manufacturer because you made a wrong choice. Yes, you're able to drive drunk, but the manufacturer tells you not to. There are laws against it. You made a choice. You got behind the wheel drunk, and it's your fault. You see, this is how uh, this is how I think it works. Whereas some people today they want to blame, they want to sue the car manufacturer, or let's be realistic, what they are suing is the gun manufacturers for choices that people make. They want to sue the one who made the gun and, or, and, and so the product. And people want to blame God for us because we have the capacity to sin. They believe it would have been better had God created a world in which we did not have the capacity to sin. Well, with that, here's the problem with that. And this is a profound statement. God gave us the capacity to sin and the capacity to do right because he created us with free will. Why? Why does God give us free will? The answer is you cannot choose to love God and you cannot choose to love others unless God gives you the capacity also to not love him and to not love others. Do you see this? 
And this is this is critically that we understand this. Many people think the primary purpose of God is that we do everything right. And if God's highest goal for us was just to do everything right, he would have made robots. And then we'd always do everything right. We'd recite praise the Lord. and We'd never make a mistake or do a sin. But God has a higher goal than that we do everything right. The higher goal is that we love him. And God is able, God endures for a period of time. The sin in this world, the destructiveness, it bothers him more than it bothers us. Some people see the, the, the evil in the world and they think, why doesn't God stop it? Understand, it bothers God more than it bothers us. God loves us more than we love ourselves. God loves others more than we love them. And because of the pain that it, God that comes from sin, it bothers God. And yet, God has a higher goal, a higher purpose than that we all be perfect, and that is that we love him. We receive his love and we love him in response. And that can never happen without the freedom to not love God. You can never love a person, truly, unless you have the ability to not love them. You can never say, when I proposed my wife, it would have been a sham marriage if she did not have the capacity to say no to me. And so her yes was only meaningful when I proposed. Her yes was only meaningful because a no was possible. Our yes to God is only meaningful because a no is possible. Our love for anyone is only meaningful when we also have the capacity to reject their love, to not love them, even to treat others in an unloving way. Now, the good thing, of course, is God has given us the, God has also given us a way of escape. Here's the, people want to blame God that we're born with a sin nature. Well, what I say is, you, you want to think you could create a better world, you want to think you could have created a world in which we could love God, but without free will, without the capacity to not love Him, you think you could have done it all better, well, you're not God, and I would say deal with the reality. Deal with it. You're a sinner. You want to blame God? No, take responsibility. Realize what you've done deal with your reality, and understand that God has also, instead of blaming God and saying you're a victim, thank God because God has provided a way of escape in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came to save sinners, Luke 19.10. He didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save sinners. And friends, if you're watching this today and you realize you've sinned, don't blame God for that. Take responsibility That was your fault. Don't blame others. Take responsibility. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame your teachers. Don't blame your friends. Don't blame others. Say, listen, I made choices. I am responsible. I was wrong. I have sinned. Wow, God, you've provided a way to forgive me. You sent Jesus Christ to save me to forgive me, to, to take away my sins, that when you died on the cross, you paid the price for what I've done. You bore the judgment for what I did. I take responsibility, and I take this way of escape and clemency. Some people think that by asking Jesus to forgive us, where it's a cop-out. No, not at all. It's, it's saying, I'm responsible. I'm applying for clemency. I'm asking the king of the universe to forgive me for what I've done, and he offers me forgiveness and clemency for what I admit I've done. In Scripture, 
when I said who's the most judged person, I think of Romans 3, verses 3 and 4. Rather, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. Don't judge God. You're not going to win. Submit to God. Give, come to God. Humble yourself before God. Confess your sin. You're never going to win. He's the king of the universe. Admit, you're the sinner. He's the righteous one. Yes, you've sinned. You've done your, you've, you've, you've failed. You've fallen short. But God has provided a way of forgiveness, salvation, to rescue you and to give you eternal life. Hallelujah. Father in heaven, we thank you today for our Lord Jesus Christ. We confess and acknowledge that we have sinned. We don't blame you. We don't blame others. Certainly, certainly there have been times when others have mistreated us. And yet, Father, we made choices to be angry at them, to be hateful, to have revenge. Whatever may be the case, we acknowledge our sinfulness, and we thank you today. Jesus, you are the answer. It's not to try and get better. It's not to justify ourselves. It's not to blame someone else. It's to say, I sinned. Jesus, you can forgive me. And we, we ask today, and we receive your forgiveness, your love, and your mercy. What a great God you are. Who can, who can fathom the wisdom, the ways of God? What a great way you have, you have designed this universe and designed us, given us the free will that though we were captive to sin, you provide a way of escape, a way of salvation, and a way of relationship with you. And we thank you today, Father, that, that though you do not want us to sin, that even more important than that is you want to have a love relationship with us. And so, Father, today we receive your love, and we love you in return, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, so glad to have you along with me today as we get into the Word of God, talk about it, and pray about it. The Word of God is alive. It's living. It's practical. It's got the answers. This book that we study each day here, each morning and together at 11, each morning at 8.30 a.m., this is the book of life. It's the Word of God. It's better than anything any man's ever written. So I hope you join us each day as we get into it, talk about it, allow it to form our thoughts, allow it to give us wisdom, allow us to make us more and more like Jesus. Thanks for being with me. I hope you have a great day. If you're new, welcome. I hope you subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, join our community because we're every morning, 8.30 a.m. You can watch later in the day, or you can even listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Just search for me, Tom the Preacher, which is also my website. You can find me on various social media, Tom the Preacher. I love you guys. So glad to be with you. I look. You have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.